The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Before the show starts, make sure you visit the Breakfast Store for all the sweet Breakfast merch like the super comfy breakfast t-shirts and the very dapper breakfast coffee mugs go there now breakfaststore.com people of earth if you can hear my voice you have arrived at another episode of breakfast with brent pope i'm your host brent pope and my guest today is a proud ucla graduate she's worked in feature film development digital distribution before netflix was even a thing has her own production company that produced two documentaries and now is known as talent manager extraordinaire it's the one the only jess canty and that's not all we had breakfast at rising sun in downtown la arts district Beignets, coffee, what else do you need? Answer, nothing. So, who's that girl? Who's that girl? It's Jess. Canty, today on Breakfast. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Breakfast. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast Time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Jess Canty, welcome to the Tiny Studio LA in NoHo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for uh, for the new girl um, oh. <laughs> awesomeness. Hey, maybe we'll have more new girl stuff later. You know, maybe. you're both named Jess. That would be interesting. Maybe. Zoe Deschanel, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I love her. We met, full disclosure, because I, I know you're a great manager because you are my manager. I'll tell a little bit of a story. I was living in a dumpster eating whatever food that raccoons would bring to me. I have power over raccoons and, <sighs> sorry. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I love, that you're, I love yeah. that you're finally publicly <laughs> disclosing this story, Brian. Yes, well, <laughs> look, the dumpster's memorialized. It's in uh, Van Nuys where I still live. I built, I bought the property where the dumpster is. As around you, it. As yeah. you should. As you should. <laughs> no, we met through uh, Matthew Harris. Uh, who's also been on Breakfast. Very funny guy. I don't think I had enough credits for you to, to pick me up as a as a client at that time, but you did. And I, it was just one of those things that worked out. My question to you is, do you regret that decision and how much? A lot. Yeah. Um, and yes. Yeah, so I got yes and a lot. Um, <laughs> yes. Of course not. No. I mean, that's the thing. Like representation, we love recommendations. It's a great way to find new clients. And, and Matt and I went to UCLA together. So we have known each other for a very long time, and I trust his eye for talent. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I, I think with management, especially, 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 I never say that, um, <laughs> with management. That's staying in the show. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, you know, this big mic in front of me. With management, especially, it's really about if you click with the person. And I feel like uh -huh. when you and I sat down, we just clicked. And I think I've told you this. When you sent your stuff over through Matt, I think it was through Matt first. Yes, correct. The thing that got me was 
in your reel at the time, there was this moment right at the beginning of your reel that you didn't say anything. You didn't. It was like a reaction to something that was going on in the scene. And that made me laugh out loud. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this guy's a real comedian because he just made me laugh on something completely nonverbal. Right. So I was like. I got to meet with this guy. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something from my uh, web series, Table for Two. I had sent something about like, oh, this person has done every show. And then they said, what shows has he done? And then I sneak a peek at my phone yes. without trying to let her know I'm looking at my yeah. phone. Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Uh, let's, look, it's I think it's good to know for, for actors that may be looking for an agent or a manager. It's like things like that can, you know, I mean, I feel like you've totally changed my life. No. You know, I mean, because I don't think I booked any TV shows. I couldn't even get a TV audition. And then, you know, but us together. And sure, I have to also do well at the audition and have right. them like me and book. But look, of course. Uh, you have to get in the door also. So anyway, I recommend if you're at the right part in your career to, to get a manager. Sometimes it might be more important than having an agent even. I think these days it has sort of flipped in this really interesting way where there's so many changes in the in the business and especially on the representation side. And there is an aspect of management that we've sort of taken over client development Agencies definitely used to do that. And they and I'm not saying that there are agents out there that are amazing and really involved in their clients day to day. But there are quite a few agencies out there that just don't have the time to do the development. And so management really has taken a lot of that over. And that is things like, do you have the right materials up? Do you have the right headshots? What else are we missing in terms of how to put yourself out in the marketplace? And so we kind of take on a lot of that heavy lifting. So I think management can kind of come in either right at the beginning of your career and okay. be really helpful, or we can come in sort of once you've got stuff established, and then it really is about helping you decide what projects are right or which direction to go. It's interesting that you say that because from my experience in my career, the development part has always been my manager. So you're saying that's kind of a recent development. That's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I don't know recent, I guess, in terms of the entire history of like representation. You know, I think years ago when there weren't as many managers and when management was sort of a smaller piece of the pie, especially in L.A., that was something that people typically brought on later, right, once they had an established career and they really needed someone to kind of step in and be that buffer and just filter all the, all of the things that were coming at them, right? Yeah. So I think that's how sort of management traditionally started. But as the market has gotten to be more mature, and as, and again, this is really, I'm talking about the L.A. market specifically, because okay. it's the most mature here. Very mature. We're very mature we're very here mature in L.A. here in L.A., you know. There's sort of been more room for, for management companies. And, and then as things have shifted in the agency world, we've sort of picked up some of the work that I think agencies, you know, 20, 30 years ago used to do. So... I guess since we're maybe we're talking to a lot of actors that are deciding, do they need a manager right now? Uh, maybe you can talk about, you know, what a manager, I guess, generally would do for you as opposed to maybe what people think they do and you don't do and uh, when you might be ready for one. Yeah, absolutely. This is my own personal philosophy of where management fits in. And, you know, not everybody agrees with me, but I am a big believer that when you are an actor, you are an entrepreneur. You're starting your own business of acting. And so if you're the CEO of that acting business, you've got to start to hire people for your budding career. And one of the first 
people you can hire is a manager, right? So that's if you're going to bring someone on sort of very early in your development process. I see management as a director of operations for your company. Or if we want to get fancy about it, we could say VP of operations, right? So, Mm -hmm. and that means that we're there for strategy. We're there to be kind of a central hub of communication. We're there to have you bounce ideas off of. Ideally, it should be someone you feel really comfortable talking with. I heard a quote once that was like, if your agent is your friend, your manager is your best friend, right? It needs to be that really close personal relationship for it to work most of the time. And then as you start to identify other people for this company of yours, your agent is really your VP of sales. That's what agents do best. They go out and sell you into the market. I think your manager helps write the sales Bible of you and helps you write it. And so then we take that to the agent. We say, this is where they want to be put into the market. These are the kinds of things they're interested in. Here are all of the materials that you need to go sell them. Go do what you do best, right? And then eventually you're going to bring on a legal team. And you're going to bring on your glam team, right? You're going to have your hair and makeup and all of that and stylist and everything as your company continues to grow. So that's really how I see where I fit in terms of each of my clients budding businesses. Another thing that I think you do for me that I really appreciate is, and I don't know that I not thought this was going to be a thing, but I already had an agent when you and I met. But then sometimes there's times when you want to for whatever reason, you don't think you're going out for as much as you could or you don't quite see eye to eye with your agent that you want to maybe look at someone else. And a manager can really help pitch you to other agents. And it probably has a lot more credence than you just sending out your stuff yourself. Absolutely. And I think these days one that is 100 percent true. And I think that's part of the reason why it can be good to bring someone on in the development phase for you, because getting to an agency directly yourself without knowing someone there or without having someone recommend you is really, really difficult as an actor because all of us are being bombarded. I get probably 300 submissions a month and I'm not even a huge company necessarily. I'm not, you know, Gersh or, a, you know, right. one of those like Abrams. I can't even imagine the influx of people just being like, I want to be rep there. You know what I mean? And so, again, what I was talking about before with the referrals, right, is that agents are going to, I obviously, I have relationships with agents because I have my roster and I'm working with these agents all the time. So we've already got an established relationship and I know the agent well. And if I say to them, hey, I have this new client and I think you two would be really good as a partner, we would love to add you to the team, that obviously is going to be more well-received than a random email from Mm -hmm. someone that they don't know. So if you have somebody submit to you and Uh you look at their stuff, what are things, because maybe uh, you can give a list of things that before somebody submits to a manager, you should have this, otherwise you're kind of wasting your time. What should you be able to see as far as material-wise, real, websites, all those things? Absolutely. I think when you're submitting to reps, whether it be management or agents, I think there's a couple of common mistakes people make. One is if you're doing it via email, people's emails are way too long. They are way too formal. So there's that version, right, where it's like, dear manager. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you have to understand that on our side of the business, I get roughly 100 to 150 emails a day that I am 
pretty much responsible for responding to within that day. So there is like no formality on our side. If I'm emailing an agent about something, I'm like, hey, boom, boom, boom. Like it's like two sentences, right? right? It's almost text messagey. So it's really strange to have an email come in that's like three paragraphs long. And it's like, dear, you know, even if it says dear Jess, the thing I'm looking out for is like, is this a form letter? Is this coming from some big like, you know, there are places you can pay to like blast your emails out to a bunch of agents and managers. I promise you, we know what those look like. Yeah. (laughs) And they, you know, and I know a lot of my colleagues, myself included, the second I think it's from an email list, I delete it. Yeah. Because A, because I don't have time and B, because this is a relationship. Right. right? And you and I, we have the strength of us working together and our being successful is because we have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you start your relationship with a form letter that you send to 100 people? Right. It'd be like sending an email that says, hey, I'd like to get coffee with you. And you send it to 100 people and you can tell that you send it to 100 people. Yeah. And then you wait to see which of those 100 people get back to you. So and I always (laughs) I always run the risk of saying things like this on these platforms because I I have done before. I've been like, you know, look up the person, listen to a podcast they've done, find an article, find something from that interview that you can like. That's a touch point. And, you know, if I think one time I use the example of like if they say their favorite fruit is nectarines, write to them and be like, hey, I heard you on this. And I, you know, I love nectarines, too, or whatever, to show that it's personal. Yeah. Of course, the second I said that, I got like a million nectarine emails. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Are you um, a nectarine person? I am a nectarine person. Mm, I'm more of a peach person, but I like nectarines also. I guess the stone fruits are really good right now. Yeah. I mean, summer is my summer is my favorite season for many reasons. Stone fruits is like in the top five of those reasons. Yeah. You know, the thing about like peaches or nectarines, what I love about them also is, and this is purely from a gluttony standpoint, is like, like, oh boy, these are going soft. I better eat them. I, be- <laughs> <laughs> I better cut them up and, and make them into That's a right. pie. Couldn't or, wait. Like yeah. apples, you can wait a couple weeks. Yeah, they're still exactly. like, you know, just exactly. sitting there. <laughs> I know. They beg to be consumed and they're so good. So, but yes, make it personal, make it short and sweet. You don't have to use gimmicks when you reach out to us. If you're a comedian, yes, be funny, but don't push it to the place where it's like too far. You know, it's like right. there's that. It's, I just said don't be too formal, but there is an informality yeah. that is also sort of crossing a line that gets to the point where it's like, okay, well, we don't know each other yet. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people like to say that you can map a lot of stuff in the entertainment business onto dating in terms of like making relationships. And and this is one of those things, right? If, on a, you know, you're not just going to be like, hey, let's get married the second that you yeah. are first interacting with someone. And that's a lot of times what comes at us. It's like, here's all my stuff and here's my photos and here's my reels and here's my actor's access. And we would be great together because of this, this, this and this. And and it's just like, whoa, it's a little too much. Right. I mean, look, perfect example of how it's like dating when I was in, I mean, if I was finding a new manager and I was in high school, Brent, and you were my manager in high school, I would just had you drop me off at another manager's house. Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's how you should do it. That's Forget right. what I just said. Anyway, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Oh, um, it's yes, it is his house. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is. And that's the same thing, you know, like you were just saying, if you are making the transition from one rep to another, that is another place where dating is a very good place to yeah. map this onto. Right. Because. Is it rude to start dating someone else while you are in a relationship? 
Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So typically you want to politely end that relationship that you're in before you go seek another one, especially with management, but agencies as well. You know, it's a small business and everyone talks to each other all day long and and you just don't want to get caught in that thing of having your current whoever it is, agent or manager, hear through the grapevine that you're out there looking, right? Right. It's, it's just not a good look. And that's the other thing I think that people kind of can make mistakes about is forgetting that it's a two-way relationship. If there's something that's not working in your relationship with your manager or your agent, talk to them, speak up about it, give them an opportunity to fix it. If they don't fix it, then the departure is a lot easier, right? It's right. like, hey, we talked about this a couple months ago. I'm not seeing any change. I don't think this is working for me right now. I appreciate everything you've done and I right. appreciate being part of my career, but it's time for us to move on. Yeah. That, no one's going to be upset about that. Now, the other thing with dating that's probably similar like that is I'm sure that sometimes people are like, wait, let's let's give it another try. And you're like, but why would you want to be with someone just like a dating that doesn't want to be with you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I never got that. Yeah. You know, I never yeah. get that. If you try to, if someone tries to break up somebody, the other person's like, let's give it another try. But they've already stated their intentions and you can't get that out of your head ever. Exactly. It's always going to be there, right? Exactly. I don't know. And that's true. That's something to think about. Like if you are, you know, inevitably most people will be dropped by a rep at some point mm -hmm. in their career right. or will drop. I mean, you may drop or you may be dropped. And it is that thing of like, if it's gotten to the point where the agent or the manager is reaching out to you and saying it's not working, don't feel like you want to hold on to that. That should be a sign that this gives you the opportunity to go find someone that it might work better with because no one, none of us are going to drop people if we feel like it's working. I have one more question for you. Yeah, of course. And you're under your manager hat. And I really, I'm very interested in this because okay. I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> I've seen this play out on TV shows. Like this particular scene like happened on the show Better Things, which you and I both love Better Things, right? Love that show. And I'm going to ask you, and I mean, I guess you could just not tell me if it's if, if it hasn't happened or you could tell me. I think I know what yeah. scene you're talking about. But Yes, exactly. See. So I would say one of the jobs of manager, at least a good manager, I think, is to not only uh, really encourage you and give you maybe some uh, ideas of things to try that might be that they see might be a pathway for you. Yeah. But also to protect you. Yes. From things. Right. So let me ask you this question. It's OK if it's a yes or no or you don't want to tell me. I'll respect you more if you tell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although you might regret it. Are there times, let's say me personally, Brent Pope, had some kind of shot at a job that I did not know about that I didn't get, that you just made the choice to like not tell me because it would have like destroyed me or just put me in a weird headspace and where you just had to make that decision. I will honestly say that, I mean, you know me, my, one of my big things with my clients and the way I work with them is transparency, right? So I love that scene. I think it's in oh, season it's one. Of, season one. Yeah, yeah I think it's the first one. couple episodes. I yeah. love that scene with her and her manager and her manager keeps getting calls. Rebecca about, Metz, uh, yeah. breakfast guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, we want to, you know, we want to have her for this series regular. And her manager's like, great, you know, let me know. And then, like, as the thing goes on, the role keeps getting, like, diminished, diminished. Yeah. And, and then she, Pam keeps calling her. And you're sitting there as the audience being like, why aren't you telling her? And she's Pam's like, anything going yeah. on? And she's like, no. And then, of course, by the end, spoiler alert, the job disappears and sort of Pam is kind of none the wiser. I haven't had a situation like that okay. so uh, with you, but... The one thing I will say is the whole series of like back and forth of like avails and pins and, you know, st strong pins and 
he's a strong choice and all of yeah. these things that go back and forth. That's the part of the process, the sort of day-to-day process yeah. that I do try to mitigate for mm-hmm. my clients because I'm a big fan of Michael Kostroff. And if you are an actor and you have not read Audition Psych, go read it. I, mm, okay. I promise he Wait, doesn't. What is, who, who wrote this book? This is Michael Kostroff. He, okay. He's an actor. You will recognize him. Oh, Michael Kostroff. The, he is the uh, lawyer on The Wire for yes. the bad guys. Yes. yes. Or yes. whoever. I mean. Yes. And the guys that sell the drugs. Yeah. Whether you consider them the bad guys <laughs> the bad or not. Guys, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he's got, you know, he has a Broadway career and, and all of this kind of stuff. And he's amazing. And he's wrote, he wrote this book called Audition Psych, which I read and it actually changed the way I interact with my clients to some extent. I promise I don't get a kickback from my client right, by plugging right. his book. But, you know, because the psychology of auditioning is just insane. It's yeah. insane. It's an insane process. We've all signed up for it. Actors and reps alike. Yeah casting everyone. And, you know, I'm a big believer that if this is the system, the way that it's matured into itself, then it's probably for a reason. And it's it's sort of not that there's a reason why it's this way, but it's insane. And so, you know, but the psychology around that and he has this really funny bit about like he calls callbacks the devil. And then like (laughs) and then when he's pinned, he's like, that's Satan because he's like, none of that information is helpful to you as the actor. Right. It only gives you more anxiety about maybe I'll get the job, mm-hmm. which his whole premise is you're not getting the job, <laughs> Yeah, which is really funny. But, you know, so that process I try to I will tell my clients when they are pinned, of course, yeah. because I think that's something to be celebrated, despite what Michael says. But then between, you know, between that first avail check and the actual offer, mm-hmm. there's a lot of back and forth quite a bit with casting and your reps. And that's the part that I tend to kind of stay radio silent about. Yeah. I will be like, hey, you're on a veil. Congratulations. We should celebrate that. Casting loved what you did. It's going to, you know, the powers that be. And then the next thing you will either get is the offer or I will let you know it's been released. But all that in between is. I think that's I think that's the right way to do it, because otherwise every actor is just like, oh, what did they they call back again? And it's just like, It's just it's already in your head. Right. No matter how much you try to push it out. Exactly. And the healthy thing to do is audition and forget about it if you can possibly do that. Right. (laughs) Um, And I know that's right. So I try to help with that process. And I get just as invested. Right. Like I get just as sad when I have seen these things go back and forth and it, you know, and you're really close to a booking and it's like, yeah, right. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like I, you know, I studied acting at UCLA and I quickly realized that Everyone else was way better than me and, and way more and yeah. way more into it and had a pers- personality types that I thought were better suited for the process, which is why I tried to find something in the business outside of it. And I was like, you know, I just don't know if I can like handle all of the inevitable rejection, quote unquote. I don't like that word, but the inevitability of not getting a lot of the jobs that you have to go out for as an actor. And now I've got a job where I experience that on behalf of like 70 people. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Well, that's interesting. 
And it's good to know that no one wanted to hire me or was even close. Uh, you weren't even close. You know, nobody, feel, uh, nobody's talking about yeah, Brent Pope yeah, really, ever. Really good about ha ha my life choices. Yeah, sure. Um, everybody's talking about Jamie. Was a pretty good musical I saw. Nobody's talking about Brent Pope. That's the sequel. Uh, no. Nobody. That, that's the, yeah, the sequel. Nobody's talking about, about Brent Pope. Nobody's talking about Brent Pope. Ooh, I should write that musical. You just, should write that musical. And just steal all the songs and just replace them with Brent Pope and like one note different. You know, like Rob Van Winkle did uh, with the Vanilla Ice Under Pressure. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That went ice, well ice. for all of them. Yes, yeah. it did. That went well. As your manager... I think we're going to need to have a long talk about this, Brent. All right. Well, that sounds promising to me. <laughs> sounds like somebody already offered me a job. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, we did have breakfast from a place called Rising Sun, a bakery in the beautiful downtown L.A. Arts District. Uh, we had some beignets. We had some coffee. Cafe uh, Du Monde coffee. That they, is it really Cafe they, Du Monde coffee? They bring in the Cafe Du Monde coffee with the, the chicory and all wow. of that. Because- if you guys don't know Cafe Du Monde Probably the most famous beignet house in the world in New Orleans. Yep. It's really good. But, you know, to be fair, there's like a couple other ones like a block away that are almost just as good or maybe just as good, just not as Yeah, like I, when I went, I went um, a couple of years ago because my husband was shooting a movie down there and I had never been to New Orleans and I was like, oh, I'm going on this trip. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I will be tagging along for this one. And so, yeah, there's Cafe Beignet, which is like a couple blocks that's, I, from That's, that's the other one I was Dumont. talking about. That place yeah. is really good. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. And it's like their beignets are a little bit different mm-hmm. style. So yeah. you can justify trying both because right. you've got to decide, you know, which style of beignet you like better. Mm-hmm. So. So we had the beignets today. I thought they were just like, wow. Maybe it's because I haven't eaten much sugar in the last month. Right. Partially. But I I was inhaling those things. They are so good. And they're and what my favorite, favorite thing about what they do at this place, because they have other stuff and they have, you know, they kind of have a bigger menu and stuff if Mm -hmm. you want like a meal. But their coffee and beignets, three bucks. Two beignets and like, you know, what is this? Ten ounce coffee. And it's it's like, yeah. That's also the way it can be. We don't. I I love to splurge every once in a while on some like fancy Mm -hmm. latte or something like that. But ten dollars for coffee and like a croissant starts to be insane. And I'm kind of of the mind of like, how about a coffee that's half the size and a croissant that's half the size? And you charge me half the dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, look, I also like to splurge for breakfast sometimes. I'll go to the place where you pay $9.50 at McDonald's for a meal. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I know. uh, Inflation is crazy. Inflation is crazy. It really is crazy. Inflation is crazy right now. Um, Well, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we actually ate it outside. Nice little breeze going brought it to the studio and we're outside. We didn't actually go to Rising Sun because it was kind of down by you and we were it just scheduled didn't work out. We're very busy, you guys. We're very busy. We're people. very, very busy. People. <laughs> but that is kind of but that's the thing. It's like it doesn't have to be this big like ordeal, right? Like I will probably have more of a memory of like eating beignets and coffee mm-hmm. in a parking lot with you. Right. Than like if we had gone and like sat down, like there's something so great about, you know, they're just in a paper bag and they're right. like piping hot and you yeah. pull one out yeah. and you, you know, you take a bite of your beignet and I well, love that. I love how non-pretentious it is. Right. Well, let me ask you this. You've been to, you've actually been to Rising Sun. Yeah. Uh, is it a place you can go sit down, eat? Uh... It's interesting. It's just got, it's just like a walk-up window. Okay. Um, And they do have tables. They have a few tables on the sidewalk. They've like, it's attached to one of the 
studios downtown that like shooting space downtown. Oh, okay. So it's like, I don't know if it's a kitchen that serves that and they just decided to like open a window to the street or something. Yeah. It's really cute though. They like, they've painted the whole facade black and they play like traditional New Orleans music. So when you're sitting at their tables, you right. very much feel like you're in the French Quarter. That's cool. They even have like a fake like um, gas lamp like looking lamp. Oh, nice. It's really cute. Nice. Very cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm a fan, but it's not like, you know, it's not like a full restaurant or anything. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Rising Sun, also a movie from the 90s. That was pretty good. Also an amazing song. Well, House of the Rising Sun. Oh, yeah. House of the Rising Sun. That's right. By Um, Eric Burden and the Animals. Yes. I believe. Well, thank you for inviting me to Rising Sun, uh, even though you you were like, don't come there. I'm just going to bring it to you. I guess for some reason I'm not allowed there. Or um, or I'm the best manager ever, and this is my service, Brent. God, that's great service. I got to say. I, you know what? I'm all about service. That's all about service. All right. In these days, there's such bad customer service everywhere. Exactly. That exactly. I appreciate it I'm even more than I'm personally making up for Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> one client at a time. Well, you know what? When you said, do you want to go to Rising Sun? I said, you know what? Beignet done that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Beignet puns, guys, only on breakfast. Beignet puns. That's right. So I guess another question that I think would be great for actors to hear from someone who's been in the business, yeah. someone that's that's a talent manager right now and has worked kind of in a lot of different jobs. What do you think is the biggest misstep or mistake that actors or writers, anybody does in regards to representation? Yeah, I mean, I, that's a great question. I think it's a mindset thing. It's the idea that you... You know, it's it can be hard, but I feel like a lot of actors approach these things as like, oh, I work for my rep when it's actually Mm. the complete opposite. And if you go into it with this mindset of like there's a couple things that that causes problems with one, if you're like, oh, I've seen actors where they get reps and they like they're like, cool, I got reps like sit back and wait for the stuff to come in. in. It's like, no, no, no. We your you know, your agent takes 10 percent. Your manager takes 10 percent. That's 20 percent of the work. Yeah. That leaves 80% for you, right? right? It can cause a thing of like, oh, no, like, I'm afraid of my agent. They work for you. You cannot approach that as if you're, like, afraid of them. And I know that the big agencies sometimes have it set up where it really does feel like they're this all-powerful, right. <laughs> like, you know, they have big glass buildings in, in Century City or whatever, whoever I'm talking about there. But Yeah, right, um, right, right. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and I think at those places, those are much more sort of corporate and it can very much feel like you work for them. But just remember that we work for you, which means that you have to feel comfortable communicating. But the flip side is, is if we work for you, you have to treat us like an employee, Which means that what are you doing to make your employees excited about working for your company? How often are you communicating with your employees? If you were running any other business, would you go for six months without talking to one of your employees? Absolutely not, right? If you were running another business, you would find ways of thanking your employees on a regular basis, right? Or making them feel engaged or making them feel excited about the company they are working for. Yeah, tell them what's going on in the company, right? Tell them what's going on in the company. Keep them engaged. Keep them, you know, keep them jazzed. And it's like I had a client the other day that they just booked their first big job. Yeah. They got to go to Atlanta to shoot it. Nice. And when they came back, I was like, let's get on a call with your agent so that you can debrief both of us about the experience. Right. Yeah. 
And we all get on this conference call. It takes 10 minutes. I set it up, right, because I have a closer relationship with the agent because this person hasn't been with them that long. And we talked for 10 minutes and this actor got to say like, oh, my gosh, it was an amazing experience. And this happened and this happened and this happened. And I'm so grateful for you for helping me book this job. And I thank you for negotiating this great deal for me. And we got off the call and immediately his agent texted me and was like, that was so amazing. I can't tell you how few of my clients ever bring me into this part of the process. This was so lovely. And it's like, yeah, because now you think that agent is not going to be so much more excited about this person's company. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. just remember that you should never go for more than like three weeks without talking to your reps. That's that's an exorbitant amount of time. So if you don't have a and it can't always be an ask. So, like, you've got to find that excuse to reach out, say hi, say thank you. Right. How's your Friday going? Oh, I saw this meme. I, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It made me think of you. Whatever. Right. 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 But build that relationship. That's that's great advice. Jess Canty, before we get out of here, I need to get three quick recommendations from you. What is the hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know? There's this movie that came out when I was in college called Dangerous Beauty. It was... Is Liv Tyler in that movie? No, that's... Stealing Beauty, Stealing which Beauty. is, I think, a Bertolucci movie. Okay. Dangerous Beauty is with um, Rufus Sewell mm-hmm. in a leading man role, not a villainous role. Yeah. So early in his career. Um, and he's fantastic. Oliver Platt is in it. Catherine McCormick, who was also in Braveheart. And it's about courtesans in the, like, 1500s in Venice. And it's Hershkovitz and Zwick. That team is behind it. And it's just, I don't know. It's I'm a sucker for romances, and it's just fantastic. Mm. And I've watched it way too many times. And wow. I and in college, I used to like make everyone watch it who hadn't seen it. Like okay. any girl that like crossed my path, <laughs> I was like, you have to see Dangerous Beauty. So I've like watched oh it like God. a thousand times. And I have a couple clients who like just turned like they're now in their twenties. And I was like, have you seen Dangerous oh my Beauty? God. And they like they totally loved it. So it holds up. That's funny. That's how I was with the movie Pump Up the Volume, Christian Slater back in the day. I loved that movie, <laughs> nice. this rebel uh, doing a radio show where nice. he's hiding from the officials because he's too irreverent. You know, I, I get it. it. I get totally get it. Yes. What is the short movie that you watch just for fun? Oh, God, I that is so hard because it changes all the time. And I know this is going to sound like it's not true, but honestly, Top Gun is like one has always wow. been one of my favorite movies. All right. And it's one of those where like, before the sequel obviously came out, which I was rooting for to do so well and absolutely loved. It was one of those where it's like, if it's on TV, I don't care where it is, but I'm watching it. You know, like, I don't care where it is in the the timeline of the movie when it's on, I'm watching it. That's very interesting. Fun fact, I've never seen the whole movie Top Gun from beginning to end. No, never. Oh, Brent. Did you see the new one? I saw the new one. Okay, what did you think? I I didn't understand it at all. So (laughs) no. That is so not true. It is so understandable. You know, I, this is the thing I love about this movie, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail because of this, but I am looking forward to a time where we bring back movies about normal, quote unquote, normal people doing extraordinary things. Yeah. I, we've had this period of time where movies have been all about extraordinary abilities happening to yeah. normal people or, you know, gods and and people from other planets coming down and saving us. And I like the idea of a return to storytelling where we have to save ourselves. Yeah. Because I think we have to save ourselves. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Well, look, I haven't seen Top Gun. I've seen Hot Shots a bunch of times, which is... The, I love the, that you watched a spoof and like you don't even know, know what it's spoofing. <laughs> I'm going to force you. Here's what's happening. Yeah. I'm going to lure you to my house right. with more beignets yes. and we, I'm going to okay. force you to watch the original Top Gun. And I won't even remember this thing. I was like, well, got to follow these beignets. <laughs> follow the beignets. This looks like Jess's place. It's just beignets. Living on the air. Wait, what is that song? songs. Look, when I was in high school, I think it was when, like, when you're sophomores or juniors, you had to, like, decorate for the prom uh-huh. for the seniors. Uh-huh. And our, and we made the theme Danger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> and we just put up a bunch of cones, I think. <laughs> Danger Zone. How do you dress for the Danger Zone prom? <laughs> Look, uh, I either, think that could lead to some very You're either dangerous or you're not, Jess. Interesting uh, fashion choices. <laughs> it's just everyone's wearing Cher's That's look right. from the Oscars. Look, I totally loved the soundtrack. I, I, this really doesn't make sense. It, it was doesn't one of those make sense where you haven't seen it. I lived far away from uh, movie theaters, yeah. uh, and I missed it when it came out. Right. And then it was one of those, everyone talked about it, and I was just like, yeah, I and then it. you okay. got, And then I you see. got like, I'm not going to see this. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, then I was in the Navy, and Hot Shots came out. I was like, this movie is hilarious. Yeah. Now, when I was watching Top Gun Maverick, I was watching like, Hot Shots was just parroting this whole movie. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Did it blow your mind? You're like, I thought Hot Shots was just... Its own beautiful thing. And I didn't know where they got any of this comedy. Probably just in denial, yeah. Uh, (laughs) What is the show or movie that inspires you? So many things inspire me. I This is going to feel like a cop-out answer, but I am inspired by anything that rises to the level of excellence within its genre, right? Mm, So I love an amazing comedy. You know, we recently, we rewatched Cheers over the pandemic mm-hmm. and that show still holds up today. The comedy is still funny today. Yeah. Right. As equally as I love something, you know, like, I don't know, The Handmaid's Tale, right? Yeah. Which is right. like living up to its genre to the fullest degree. Yeah. I love Russian Doll because it's, it's love so interesting. Yep. I love better mm-hmm. things, right? Yeah. Yep. Because it's sort of, living up to its own ethos and it's excellent. So I think I think what I strive to do is constantly have excellence in what I'm watching so that yes. that becomes my bar okay. for taste so nice. that when I'm on the sort of literary management side of things, which is something I started at the company last year, that's what you're looking for, right? You're looking for things that rise to the level of excellence right. within their own genres. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen, this is a random question, have you ever seen the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer? Yeah. Do you love that movie? Yes. Because I feel like people, that movie made no money at the box office, but now it's like a comedy classic. Right, because, again, yeah. that's another one where it's actually excellent yeah. if you're looking at the storytelling. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Do you know, uh, have you heard Mike Myers' new show, The Pentaverit? I have not. Okay. So the Pentaverit is a show. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's a reference to So I Married an Axe Murderer. Nice. If you know that movie, it's yes. the scene where the dad goes, it's a well-known fact that the world is run by five people known as the Pentaverit. Pentaverit. Okay. It's the Pope. This man, And they have a, week, a yearly uh, summit called the Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, what, 25 years later, uh, he makes a show called The Pentaverit yes. about these five yes, guys that run did. the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to see that. Thank you for that recommendation. It's it's interesting because I do recommend it, but it's like the raunchiest version of Mike Myers, which I'm okay with. Wow. But it's, it's pretty like, okay, it's closer to like, you know, 
Austin Powers, Austin Powers. and yeah. some of the other stuff. Yeah. But it's still he plays like ten characters on the show, oh, and he's brilliant. Him. He's still brilliant. Oh, you know, I, you know, it's funny because I I feel like recently with him and Cameron Diaz, I was like, yeah. man, I miss them. And I, you know, it was just announced the other day she's coming out yeah. of retirement for a movie. And I was like, yes, like I, I miss some Cameron yes. Diaz. And that's so glad to hear yes. that there's something of Mike's that I can watch now. Too. Yeah. The Pentavert. I recommend it, guys. If awesome. you like uh, irreverent comedy. Brent, <laughs> uh, what are your recommendations? I'm going to someday someone needs to come interview you for this show. Yeah. I mean, we need to make that happen. That we should do that as your manager. Oh I will. I will work on making boy, that We're almost happen. out of time here, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in fact. If you'd like to get more breakfast stuff, such as pics of Jess Canty and I enjoying beignets and coffee, our breakfast from Rising Sun, go to my website, brentpope.com. You can list all the breakfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances and the official breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff. Shirts, mugs, stickers, Jess Canty, I'm from Chicago t-shirts. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> I'm from Chicago Deal with it. T-shirts. <laughs> People of Earth, do yourself a favor by picking up something for the Breakfast Store, breakfaststore.com. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review. Not a six-star review, guys, that doesn't exist. The best is five. Uh, wherever you listen to Breakfast, please do that. Make sure you subscribe to whatever, uh, wherever you are so you don't miss any new episodes. Breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 56 countries across the globe. The latest, Cameroon. Nice. Welcome, Cameroon. I don't know any fun facts about Cameroon. And trust me, my breakfast burrito gate, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my studio engineer, Marco Leon. And to call him Leon. And to call him a good man. He shall be Leon. And everyone at the fabulous Tiny Studio LA, tinystudioLA.com for making me sound si bon. Jess Canty, what is next for you? And where can we find you on social media? My social media, go to at Centeropix. That is where most of my social media is. It's for the company. My personal social media is JessJess26, but I rarely post. I rarely have time to post. Um, so, yeah, at Centeropix on Instagram is sort of where I'm mostly active for the company. And next, I am very close to being able to announce some big fun things for Ooh. the company, but I can't quite do it here. So I'm nice. just going to leave you with a dot, dot, dot. Okay, cool. Well, Jess Candy, thank you so much for coming in. It's a pleasure. And, thank you, know, you for having me. You're my fave. Obviously. You're my fave. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not supposed to. No, no, say it's, that. it's it's on there. This I is mean, going in the show at the I beginning, mean, in the middle, and at the end, and in the credits now. No, it truly, <laughs> it truly is a privilege to get to work with you, Brent. And you know, I love all my clients. I what I love the most about my job is that I get to fill my life with people that I think are talented, and I get to be surrounded by that every single day. And that is such a privilege. And with that, we put another beignet in the Jets. <laughs> yes, you did. A breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to go bag. See ya. Breakfast with Brent Pope. Help support it by buying some awesome swag like the comfy shirts and the beautiful coffee mugs. Go to breakfaststore.com.